and welcome to episode 158 of the Startcast, Press Art Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamer, Stephen. Hi, Ewan. It's Stephen. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? Doing pretty swell. It's a lovely uh, little kind of cozy chat we've got today. I feel like it was about a few episodes ago that it was just James and I on the podcast, uh, and it's quite nice to just have like a, a one-on-one chat with him. I don't know if you and I have ever got the opportunity before. I don't think so. It's very intimate. 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 It is, yeah. Um, it does, of course, mean that we won't be playing What the Wiki this week. Um, so if you were just listening to this episode just for What the Wiki, you can tune out now. All the other discussion is going to be totally waste your time. Just pretend uh, I am, of course, lying. <laughs> yeah, we've got <laughs> heaps, uh, heaps to discuss this week. I say heaps, but um, there was kind of like one or two sort of major stories this week and uh, and not a lot else. I feel like everyone's kind of just busy playing all the awesome games that are coming out, right? Like, uh, what was it? This Assassin's Creed's just out. Super Mario Party's just out. Did you pick either of those up? No, I'm very keen to like try Super Mario Party. I'm, it's sort of surprising me how positively it seems to be being received across almost uh-huh. all the reviews I've read. But yeah, I've yet to try it because, you know, I have so much else to play. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's good fun. Um, it feels right at home on the Switch. I reckon. I played a, I played oh, three games maybe, like three uh, rounds. I don't know what do you call them. Um, over the uh, the weekend, um, okay. with my brother and my cousin. Um, and it was really good fun. Like uh, we just kind of hung out and goofed around and had a laugh. Um, the selection of mini games are pretty decent. I think. Obviously, I've not played them all. Um, having just played a. Like three sessions, but um, yeah, it's good fun. What about Assassin's Creed? Did you get that? No, gosh, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed in a long time. Not because they're oh, bad. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, I've only got so much time of the day and, you know, I've worked mm. out what I like and Assassin's Creed, I, I've i enjoyed them in the past, but it's just, yeah, it, I can't hit the priority list for me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> as much um, as James has tried to convince me otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know I know James loved it. I think if I remember correctly, he reviewed it and gave it a nine, so you know, very yeah. high score indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, I've not been hugely impressed with it so far. Oh, really? Granted, I've only I've only played like well, maybe a couple of hours, so like very early days. But like the, in between cutscenes, like I'm, I'm playing on a PS4 Pro, right? Yeah. Um, and in between cutscenes, it was kind of like fading to black and kind of just loading for a sec and then fading back in. And like mm. occasionally in like a couple of the story missions I did, it would do that for literally like a line or two of dialogue and then fade back out again. And it just kind of mm. felt very just kind of jointed and clunky. Yeah, it sounds kind um, of jarring in a way. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, again, maybe it's just kind of like these kind of select missions I played and where it was a bit kind of awkward, but I don't know, kind of coming from God of War earlier this year where everything just kind of flowed from like one instance to the next, um, it's kind of like a hugely cinematic game like that. You know, I get that the scale of those games are, are different, but I don't know, I'm just, I feel like I'm at this point where I'm just kind of like expecting more from open world games. Um, yeah, I guess sort of, I think about like cutscenes in, you know, current times i guess and generally the uh-huh. you know in-game graphics are generally good enough to be you know usually imperceptible from uh, cut scenes unless they do like super high like intro movies for a blizzard game or something a pretty you know something else entirely but most yeah most games just do stuff in engine and it, i would have thought this is in engine but if they're like i don't know i don't know if it's pre-recorded or if they're just doing some weird you know they have to load because it's a different weird scene or something i don't know that does yeah it just sounds unusual for a game at the moment 
Yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of struck me as being a bit unusual as well. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I'm thinking to Horizon and um, to The Witcher, kind of like these kind of games that I feel like are really sort of pushing the boundaries for open-world RPGs. Um, hmm. And I feel like they've kind of really raised the bar, and it just kind of, as unfair an expectation as it potentially is, like when games fall short of that mark, I can't help but feel like a touch disappointed nowadays, I think. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, when your benchmark's been set, it's kind of hard not, you know, when things go back to how it might have been fine before, but uh-huh. I don't know, you just sort of see things a little bit differently once you've, you know, had a change of perspective. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I'm still keen to play some to play some more of it and get stuck into it. I hear that, like, the longer you get through it, the the more you sort of enjoy it. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to kind of playing playing some more of that. Uh, but, Stephen, we got a bit to chat about this week. Uh, let's begin with this Xbox Project I- X Cloud thing. Um, <laughs> I don't it, I don't know if this is it's, it, this is obviously it's working sort of title, um, but I just thought X Cloud is just like the lamest name they could have come up with. Uh, like it it's so. I mean, I get it, Xbox, but cloud based, but like. Yeah. I don't know, it just looks like a placeholder name that they forgot to come up with a real one by the time they released <laughs> it. It's weird. Yeah, it was just like the only thing that they had on the whiteboard. Like, oh, I guess we'll just go with that. Um, if you missed the news, um, they came out, released a video with a press release uh, talking about their new game streaming service um, that is going into private trials next year. Um, it looks like they're sort of breaking off their Azure um, cloud computing sort of technology. Uh, so really sort of a, a strong partnership with their larger body of Microsoft. Um, but the promise is that we're going they get uh, to get to play Xbox games no matter what sort of device we own, um, be it mobiles and tablets. Uh, and they're really sort of tackling those latency issues. Um, overcoming latency issues, maintaining graphical fidelity and high frame rates were of particular focus for them. Uh, Stephen, we've seen a few people, um, NVIDIA for example, uh, PlayStation to a degree as well, um, have a crack at sort of getting into the game streaming kind of market. It seems to be the sort of future a lot of uh, game companies are talking about moving that way. Uh, do you think Xbox might be the first ones to finally get it right? I think they, it, it appears that they're probably, like at this point, probably the closest to getting it right. Like, I guess mm. Sony, this has been a, a dragon they've been chasing for a very long time, like with the acquisition of Gaikai years ago that sort of seemed to culminate in like remote play and the like PlayStation Now service that really, I don't know, just kind of never really seemed to take off. But I don't know, I guess yeah. we're getting closer to that point where A, the like the data center side of things are able to service the amount of people that want to, you know, to play this sort of stuff and do it in a way that is reducing any sort of latency. And I guess depending mm. on where you live, the internet is getting to the point where it is possible. Like I've you know, speaking of PlayStation, I've done remote play from like my PS4 being, you know, at home and being in another city and remote playing from there. And I don't know that I'd play Street Fighter that way, but it seemed, you know, it was pretty yeah. fun playing, say, Persona 5 on my Vita. But, like, mm. I, and I guess that's just coming from my home internet connection. So if this is, you know, their data centers, I'll have ridiculously nice data connections. And so it'll just be limited based on how fast your home one is. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think they might. The, f- the fact that they're going towards phones and stuff as well, I can't remember if Sony ever did that. They released a, um, like a, a computer, like PC-based one, and I think on Sony phones you could do remote play, but it was some weird thing that you'd literally had to have an Xperia to use. So, 
I don't know. Yeah. This could be the way for Microsoft to, you know, they seem to be wanting to allow or try and get as many people into the Xbox brand as they possibly can by offering, you know, if you've got your high-end version, your low slash mid-tier, and I guess the, the low-tier Xbox of the future will be uh, like an HDMI stick that just connects to the internet and lets you play stuff you've purchased or Gosh, imagine this with Game Pass. It's like you buy this yeah. Chromecasty device and here is this huge library of games you can play as long as you have internet connection. Yeah, I um I think that's kind of definitely the direction that we're we're headed. Um I, yeah, I th- I I kind of hope there will always be a place for kind of in-home consoles. I think there's just something kind of kind of poetic about like having your own kind of little computer in your room that's capable of running things regardless of what's happening in the world around you gosh you um, sound like me trying to justify my purchases of cds a decade ago <laughs> well oh, i i do i do exactly the same i'm still buying cds man oh i'm buying like, vinyl so no no shame there <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean if you think about it, like if spotify went down yesterday a lot went down tomorrow sorry a lot of people would be without their music collections yeah um whereas you, you and i like collecting vinyl and cds um it's always gonna be there so long as we have something to play them and i think i sort of make the same argument with with games as well like if there's a fallout style nuclear apocalypse we could still be down in our vault kind of playing our our single player i guess playstation games um but for like the sake of convenience i think this makes a lot of sense um i kind of love the idea of uh you know they i I was really enjoying forza and they've got like this picture um that's their thumbnail for the video of someone playing forza on their phone with like an xbox um one controller kind of clipped on playing via bluetooth um and that looks fantastic i could totally get around that um i love playing playing Fortnite on my Switch right now because my progress carries across and it's super kind of convenient mm. for me. Um, so to then be able to do that on my phone and play with the comfort of an Xbox One controller as well, I think that's that's super exciting. Um, I think as well the messaging kind of, around it and their tech too, I feel like, yeah, they're in a good position to actually make it work in a very usable way. Yeah, totally. And the fact that, they, I guess, games... When you think of sort of the advantages of having a, a physical home console, you've got, you know, it's all processed locally, it's all happening right then and there, but... It's really, I guess it came into focus at the announcement of the Xbox One, how a lot of things are happening away from your console at this point anyway. A lot of stuff's happening in some like consistent online world that is sort of controlled on a server somewhere else. So, you know, without internet after your, you know, Fallout apocalypse event, like those servers are gone and so many games are kind of reliant on that to be able to do anything. So... This just kind of seems like the logical next step. I think I, I would definitely be sad if there was no, you know, I my internet is gone for a while or a long time, depending on where you live. I've yeah, had a friend that was without internet for a whole year because they moved house. That was fun. Um, but yeah, like just being able to mm. play a game regardless of how the internet is, is a nice thing to be able to do. But I think it's going to become a more more of a niche scenario i guess that's this if you can play xbox one games and i guess how many it's kind of like how many blu-rays are you buying like are you going to continue um you know buying blu-rays and playing things that way or are you going to watch it on netflix it's and it sort of becomes the convenience part of it i guess 
Yeah, I think like this will be super convenient for for some people as well. And um, I was looking at the because I was curious, obviously, like I was saying about kind of internet connections and and how it might sort of vary between people. Um, and I read that they were working off ten megabit per second internet connections, um, which I thought was uh, quite low. And like I, I checked the um, the Australian average speed, and I think the Australian average speed is about twenty or so. Obviously, like it'll vary, um, but it seems like. At the moment, it would be compatible with Australian internet, which is kind of exciting as well. Um, yeah, that's it's not too bad. Like that ten megabit is, you know, if they're testing based on that, like I have kind of what I don't consider to be great internet, but you know, I get eleven meg on a good day, so mm. that's you know apparently okay for this. So yeah, I guess at least they're testing for a realistic even in australia sort of benchmark yeah i feel like having seen other people kind of give this a crack they've kind of got a lot of you know a lot of there can be a lot of lessons learned in in what other in what succeeded for some people and maybe not worked for others so uh hopefully like this will be good i'm kind of excited about this streaming future um yeah xbox are doing interesting things for next gen you know this and game pass yeah and just the whole sort of wide variety of ways to get into xbox it's going to be very very interesting to see how the next even if it don't even if you know if you call it a generation but whatever it is it's going to be interesting yeah i think that's like xbox of all the sort of game uh game manufacturers i guess like hardware manufacturers kind of excite me the most because they're in that sort of challenger position where they, they kind of really have to be innovative and kind of push the boundaries um to try and get some of that market share back from from playstation i guess um mm. and they're doing like really cool exciting very kind of gamer centric sort of things um and interestingly i think they're kind of getting closer to where it all sort of began with the xbox one like i don't know how much you remember after its initial reveal or how much you've like deleted from your memory but like it was not <laughs> a not a good showing they like talked about this kind of always online functionality and um moving away from like sharing games that kind of thing um yeah and sports sports sports, so yeah, forget sports. oh my gosh yeah that's, <laughs> that montage is so good um but uh it, it kind of like you know they were kind of shot down for that, but I have a feeling they were kind of ahead of their head of their time. Like I think they kind of very much saw this always online kind of digital centric sort of future. Um, I guess dominated by cloud cloud game streaming, um, and I think they're kind of nearly there, or at least they're sort of going to be there for the next console generation. Um, yeah, I kind of, I'm inclined to agree. It like reminded me a little bit of the response to the PSP Go and it was like, here yeah. is a all digital machine, which like for people who that works for, that was incredible. Like I love my PSP Go, but I can totally understand mm. why people thought it was, you know, why the hell would you do that? I've got all these physical games and I'll have to rebuy them or whatever. But I guess that Xbox had the same kind of issue where it's a, a very cool idea executed far before you know, 90% of people are ready for it. And now, I don't know, we've had a generation of Game Pass existing, of PS Plus, Xbox Live, games with gold. Mm. Like, the idea of, I think, I don't know, the digital games and the idea of not necessarily needing a plastic disc to feel like you can play a game is... It's still a thing, but it's far less of an important thing for as many people as it was before. So I think, I don't know, there's a lot of bonuses that can come with this. There's the, you know, not having to have a physical copy of a game. There's, they did like the weird digital game lending was going to be a thing for a while. And that that sort of excited me a little bit, but I don't think it was enough of a positive to get the, Mm. uh, you know, get the positive opinions in comparison to the rest of it. But 
yeah, maybe maybe we're ready for this beautiful streaming future. Who knows? Yeah, and speaking of the future, uh, PlayStation has sort of been teasing theirs a little bit in the week. Um, speaking with the Financial Times, uh, Sony's CEO uh, was asked about the possibility of a next generation of PlayStation, uh, and he kind of said more or less straight up that they they thought it was necessary to have uh, a new console in the future. Um, so not not confirming the existence of a PlayStation 5, I guess, but um, certainly uh, drumming up the speculation that we are, um, I guess, pretty pretty soon to getting another another piece of hardware. Um, how long do you think that will be, Stephen? Have you got, like, a prediction as when we might see a PS5? Oh, man. Like, I'm trying to think, how long ago was it about sort of 2013 the PS4 and Xbox One came yeah. out? So we've got, gosh, what is that? We're 2018 now, so five years. It seems... I don't know, usually I expect a console generation to be sort of five to seven years, mm-hmm. maybe like closer to nine if you, you know, you can hold on to a PS, you know, an old gen console for a couple of years before you really need to move on. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I guess we are getting to the end point of these consoles. It just seems the fact that I've bought a Pro halfway through sort of reset my expectations for how long this generation is going to last. And yeah. I don't know. It's I. I don't really want to buy a new console no. for the moment, but time does feel like sure it's accelerating a bit. And I think, like, especially coming off the um, the PS3 kind of Xbox 360 generation, which was unusually long. Um, yeah. Which you know, like, it was for a number of reasons. You know, the the hardware, um, but also kind of like the global financial crisis, that kind of thing. Um, mm. But yeah, it does. It does feel kind of weirdly soon, I suppose. Maybe as well because you know people have made that that mid generation jump. Um, but uh, yeah, I reckon we'll start kind of getting like having them officially sort of talk about their next console, kind of maybe this coming E three. So like. Um, six or seven eight months from now um and then maybe kind of like a release in like february march 2020 i think would be my guess um i mean it's all totally speculation but i uh imagine that they're probably gonna be sticking to their guns in the whole you know we're gonna still keep using you know the same game ownership paradigms that we're used to and it'll be here is a machine that plays your games it plays them locally i don't see sony going down the same I guess, technological pathways that Microsoft seem to be doing. No. So whether whether the, you know, regular console, you put a game in and you play it on your TV versus the, you know, new fancy, you play it anywhere. You just have a screen and a controller and you're all good. It's, mm. It will be interesting to see how differently that idea plays out compared to like Xbox One announcement, Xbox, whatever the future is going to be announcement, see if that whole, you know, the idea of what people prefer, see if that holds up as much as it did before. Yeah. Um there was like uh some patent registration i saw kind of discussed in the week as well about them kind of having this technology to sort of update games more or less like on the fly as like upgraded textures and stuff come available kind of okay as like a kind of backwards compatibility slash hey we don't need to remaster every game kind of functionality i think um almost a little bit like the like the xbox one x patches that you could get for xbox one yeah uh, xbox one games i guess like yeah you'll have uh, and if you have the new machine then this will just a if, if they do that then backwards compatibility that's that's very nice and also if you can get a nice little bonus out of it kind of I guess following in Xbox's footsteps, you make your old games look better, have them run in a different resolution or something. That's 
Yeah, if Sony do that, A, about time, B, hooray. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it sounds quite exciting. And I think like, the, the rumours are that um, the PS5, if that's indeed what it's called, it might not be called that, um, will have very similar architecture to the like the current PlayStation, which would make the kind of backwards compatibility question a bit easier to solve. Um, yeah, Because uh, the, the PS3 had like this really unusual, I think it was like a cell processor. It was a really uh, bizarre architecture that didn't kind of like yeah. speak to things all that well. It was like a weird sort of supercomputer multi-core machine before that was really an accepted thing. It was sort uh-huh. of only you'd have like dual or maybe quad-core stuff in your in a PC at the time, probably even dual at that point. But like this thing had uh, like eight cores or something. It was something ridiculous mm. and like supercomputery sort of stuff. But yeah, no one knew how to use it, and yeah. you could only really tell how how powerful it was towards the end of the generation, where you know people really started to understand how to eke as, as much power as you could yeah. out when you got stuff like The Last of Us. Yeah, it was amazing, like how good the games got towards the end of that. Um, mm. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. But I kind of like the idea of you know like much in the way I guess you know we get like updated texture packs on PC or on the Pro or the Xbox One X and that kind of thing, if they just can carry that forward. So, like, you take your old games onto the new platform and if there's kind of updated, if it can be updated to uh, support the the hardware there better, then it just kind of scales up. I kind of like that that idea. Yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. Do you think it'll be called the PS5 or do you reckon they'll kind of move away from the numbering? I think they'll just go PS5. They, yeah. They've established it's the PS number. I, I doubt they'll change that. The last time they did not do that was like PS Vita. And yeah, they're not very good at naming things that people like, I guess. You have, you know, they could have called it, I reckon if PSP2 might have been a more uh, <laughs> successful name. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was getting, And I was thinking like, maybe it could be the PSV, like the Roman numeral, but then they've got the PS Vita Ooh. and that might be confusing yeah. things. And That's a bad omen, my dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just not going to work. I think five is just the right way to go. Um, Speaking of... I'm trying to think which story to segue to next. (laughs) Speaking of the letter V, there's the letter V in Borderlands 2 VR, which is it's also on PlayStation. Huh. Maybe that would have been a better segue. Um, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Borderlands 2 is coming to PlayStation VR. Uh, it's going to be like the full Borderlands game, kind of brought over into the virtual reality realm. Uh, are you much of a Borderlands guy? Does this news excite you? I was initially. I kind of lost interest in Borderlands 2. There was a very mm. specific period of time where I was into the humor of Borderlands, and then when 2 came out, I had become a different person, and I don't know, that weird, wow, so random sort of humor didn't really gel with me anymore, so 2 didn't really light my fire, I guess, mm. but... Yeah, I don't know. I remember it being a genuinely uh, sort of first-person Diablo, I guess. It had that same loot dropping, killing things, getting their stuff, and killing more and more bigger things, getting bigger weapons. That whole loop was incredibly, like, I don't know if addictive is the right word, engaging. It was good fun. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, you know, here's another way to play Borderlands 2 if you, you know, didn't want to... If you played it on the Vita and got as much as you could out of that, then here's another way to play it. Oh, I forgot that was a thing. Um, oh, that was a bit of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it comes with like a new new features as well. There's um, the badass mega fun time feature, uh, abbreviated as, as Bamf time. 
which <laughs> you know you can see what they're doing there. Um, yeah, I feel like Megafun might not have been the first uh, first workshopped no. uh, translation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which is kind of like an ability that helps you like slow down time and kind of set up your attacks, which I think could be quite useful, kind of in a virtual reality sense, because this is like such a fast paced game. Um, yeah, I just saw the option to teleport as well, like that. Movement, this kind of fast movement in VR, like I've tried a little bit of Doom, I've tried a bit of Skyrim, and man, it's like your character's moving, your head feels like your character's moving, but you're sitting on a couch and it's, yeah, it kind of gets me sometimes. So, yeah, being able to teleport will be an interesting way to, I don't know how well it'll work for Borderlands, but it'll be nice to not vomit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there's some gameplay footage that kind of like out to show what it's all going to look like. Um, Looks really cool. I'm I'm excited about kind of more games kind of being brought over in its entirety to to support PlayStation, to support VR. Um, And particularly good to see it on the PSVR as well. I feel like they're kind of Mm. getting close to hitting their stride with kind of playstation virtual reality i feel like there's a bunch of games kind of making the way over to it now and we, we talked a bit about astrobot last week which got really good yeah. reviews um i feel like you know there's this kind of healthy attention still being paid to vr and um and seeing some quality games coming coming its way um it's kind of nice especially i keep bringing up the vita because i am who i am yeah. i guess but like <laughs> you're, too, you're speaking the- to the right person Stephen. this is this is now <laughs> when you and i are on it's officially the playstation vita podcast all right we're just gonna Hell yeah hijack i support that. this change <laughs> <laughs> but like i'm just thinking of how the vita like that came out it was very exciting and then sony just dropped it and people yeah. were having very similar thoughts about vr you had the first six months where there were lots of exciting things happening mm. and then sony kind of seemed to not uh, they they still kept marketing it and stuff but there wasn't as much excitement around it for a good yeah, while yeah i mean they weren't talking yeah. about it at e3 and kind of things like that yeah. like it was always kind of second you know second thought um, and it just seems like it's had a like a interesting renaissance in the last six months which is good for me because i got mine like last christmas so yeah hooray, i'll have some cool new stuff to play on it after like i played a lot of the the early stuff and i was like okay cool i'll wait till something else comes out and now there's more stuff coming out i honestly didn't really think that would happen i I think you've got to give credit to the vr community like they've kind of carried it whilst playstation haven't and and i think to a degree the vita was a similar sort of story um and a lot of developers were still bringing stuff to vita um purely because the attachment rate was like insanely high like uh, whatever game kind of came out there the playstation vita fans would come out and support and get around the game um you know i don't think we would see kind of like drinkbox being the sort of studio they are bringing out like amazing games like guacamelee 2 um having not kind of had the support of the playstation vita community um yeah definitely but like whilst kind of game releases have been pretty quiet on playstation vr those owners that do have it are still kind of using the tech and talking about it and like getting their friends around and letting them have a go um and kind of picking out like little little games kind of do come the way too um Mm. i feel a bit guilty for not like for my PSVR headset kind of collecting dust and, and not really kind of getting much use out of it. Um, I've been meaning to like play the impatient and uh, there's a couple I've got on my shelf um, that I've been meaning to play. Um, I was really keen on the, the Rick and Morty one too. And, uh, and oh, obviously yeah, that came out on PSVR, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so there's like a few things that I'm kind of keen to give a go, but I've not done it yet, but full credit to the people that have been, standing by that and kind of singing its praises. Um, Cause I think, uh, yeah. I think they're about to see like the real, 
reward for that. I feel like we're going to start getting a good stream of uh, games for it. Um, Just while we're talking about VR games, uh-huh. have you played Super Hot VR? I've not. That's another one, actually. Oh That's my a- god, that like I've that I've played a couple of other games before that, and then. Superhot was just, okay, I, I absolutely get VR now. This is incredible. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a better a better experience in VR. So oh, anyone, including you, get the hell on that. Superhot VR is in just ah, so good. I, um, it's I heard that Firewall was also really good too. Is that one you gave a shot at all? Not yet. Because, okay. um, yeah, as we well know, I have lots of games yeah. to play and not enough time to play them. But, uh, you know, I'll recommend the ones I do like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that just kind of goes to show that I think the PSVR has received some really quality games this year. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's a, a trend that continues. Um, speaking of quality games, because that's the best segue I can think of in the, <laughs> in the heat of the moment. Um, Ship it. Black Ops 4 is out this week. Um, as you're listening to this, I should get this edited. So as you're listening to this, Black Ops 4 is meant to be releasing tonight. If you're listening to this on the Thursday that I post it, um, Black Ops 4 was meant to be releasing at midnight tonight. Um, but, uh, they're going to be selling it. Retailers are going to be selling it from 6 p.m. Um, so a solid six hours earlier than uh, they had initially planned. Um, it is all like sanctioned, like it's all like approved by Activision. Um, but, uh, so it's not like breaking street date or anything like that. They don't announce they're going to break street date. That just kind of happens. Um, but Stephen, what's your, what's your, like impression of this like why would they be selling it early i'm so confused like i get i guess if one of them's doing it then it acts as kind of a hey you can you know come here you may or may not be able to price match it although it looks like jb are doing it and they're doing among the best prices from what i can tell but like Uh yeah i I guess is if everyone's releasing it early is anyone releasing it early like does it just actually come out 6 p.m thursday like i'm I'm not yeah. really sure what the point of this is. Like, if yeah, do we just move the release date, or is it just certain uh, retailers have made a deal so that they can, I don't know, push other ones out? You know, yeah. if, if you can buy it the night before, why would you go to Target? I guess I don't know if they have it early too. I, I, I think Big they w are now as well. Do. I think like Big W oh, and okay. Target like are all on board too. Like it's it's quite then, bizarre. Then who doesn't? Like, well, yeah, it's just out at six p.m. Thursday. Then my dude, yeah, <laughs> and and it as far as I know as well, like it's synced up across Australia. So um, okay, don't don't quote me on this. What's the time zone between like us and Perth? Is it three hours? I think so. Um, at the moment, it's like, yeah, three hours for you, two and a half for me. I'm an Adelaide Oh, yeah, your half-hour yeah, time difference. I'm annoying. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think, like, it, like, so if you're on the East Coast, you're going to get it at six. And then over in Perth, I think it's being released at three. So, like, it, it syncs up like kind of time-wise. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Um, but then again, as far as I know, like, the servers aren't switched on until midnight. So it's purely so you can kind of take huh. it home, get it installed on your PlayStation. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to play it any sooner. Um, Although, actually, that makes uh, makes me think of something. I saw some um, Twitter un- angriness, I guess, over the last few days. Apparently, it's got like a fifty gig first like first launch patch, so maybe yeah. it might give you just enough time to download that before the servers turn on. <laughs> yeah, it might. It, that might be the way, kind of get around it, and maybe kind of like Ashan and I were talking about this. Well, maybe it's going to get around server load a bit as well. Like everyone's sort of trying to download their patch at the same sort of time. If it, they are like really big sort of downloads, maybe it's to try and mm. get around that. Um, but yeah, I, I also heard that it's going to be like a fifty gig kind of download at the get go, which uh, God, seems insane. Um, I mean, it's not unprecedented. Gosh, I remember an update yeah. for like 
Dead Rising 3 being 60 gigs and thinking, what is going on? But I guess it's, you know, it's just they got to do what they got to do. For I think it's like the, the first Titanfall that kind of was really shocked me. Yeah. It, it had to too. like unpack like 30 gigabytes of audio. I was like, how is there so much audio? <laughs> to be fair, the sound <laughs> effects were really dense in that game. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is kind of like an interesting little development. To my knowledge, this is the first time anything like this has happened besides like a, like a broken streak date, which obviously is, yeah, is, that's not legit. Is, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Accidental people get sued. It's not a fun thing. Um, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it'd be interesting to see if, like, other people follow suit. I don't know if any, like, any other countries are doing this as well. Like, I, I, I don't know if this is happening, like, say, in New Zealand or, like, elsewhere in Asia or... I, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I figure I if it was happening it. in, like, Tweet America, me, you know. we probably would have heard about it. But, yeah, yeah. who knows? Yeah, get on it. Hopefully we get uh, Red Dead like a solid two weeks earlier, as, <laughs> as uh, Shannon joked on Twitter. Um, nice try. Speaking of things coming to retail, though, <laughs> Fortnite, weirdly, is coming to retail. I think that's probably going to be my best segue of the show. Yeah, that <laughs> works. <laughs> um, the Fortnite Deep Freeze Bundle is a retail version of Fortnite Battle Royale. It's coming uh, in November, uh, I believe. Um, it's going to be including the Frostbite Outfit, the Cold Front Collider, the Chill Axe Pickaxe, uh, the Freezing nice. Point Back Bling, and a 1,000 V-Bucks. Um, bit of a weird kind of release for a game that kind of updates every week, right, Stephen? Yeah, I I can't see the cartridge being an advantage at all. Like, no. you'll, you'll, I guess, get rid of the initial download, which is, from memory, not as big as the patch on Call of Duty. But, yeah. like, it's... You get, yeah, massive weekly updates that are not you know they're not huge but they're you know sizable enough that yeah you you play this game a week after it comes out or gosh i'm sure by the time they actually have to print the cartridges it'll be you know a month out of date it's Mm. I, i don't really see the point it's just I guess if you really, really want the frostbite gear, then this will be how you get it. But otherwise, it's, it's just yeah, I, yeah. Like maybe the only justification I could think of is like a parent who doesn't want you spending money on the eShop, but mm. is happy to go buy a copy of the game, and then you know updates are just updates, so they don't really have to have a credit card on yeah. or something like I, that. I, but, I totally agree. I think this is like a, a convenience pe- thing for for people that can't kind of get their head around like going to a, a digital store and downloading something that way or um maybe haven't like set up an account before or whatever but their kids are like raging about like raving about Fortnite or whatever um mm. i feel like this is just kind of simplifying that christmas sort of thing like especially kind of when it comes into like add-ons too right like you're you're kind of getting your console like you're getting a switch console or whatever for christmas and you can just kind of like have a, a physical copy of Fortnite there so it's like hey here's your your console and Fortnite, like blah 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 blah, blah. yeah um but uh it's not yeah it's not just switch i should know it's coming to the playstation and xbox as well um oh yes yeah all three uh and it's going to be available digitally so, so if you don't want to i, I kind of like the idea of having a physical we were just we spent like this episode talking about having physical <laughs> collections and i kind of like the idea of having fortnite on the shelf now um yeah i mean you know you've put a whole bunch of time into it God, there's a so physical object that represents how much of your life you've wasted on this great fun video game. <laughs> yeah yeah let's be honest so much time and too much money as well <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah anything else to add there or should we wrap this baby up i think yeah i'd it's weird. I don't know why, but 
if you want Fortnite on a disc, you'll be able to get it, I guess. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> you can wrap it up and stick it under that Christmas tree. And speaking of wrapping things up, let's bring an end to what was episode 153 of the Startcast. Not 153, 158 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Prestart.au and visit the site at Prestart.com.au. You can join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. Let us know which countries that Black Ops is also coming out early in because I've probably got that wrong <laughs> please um i've been joined today by steven yeah um i'm on all the social bits uh at steven impson um follow me on instagram and you'll see great photos of kesha concerts i guess is what's been oh on there yeah recently. how was that <laughs> that was great fun there was there was no glitter but i guess that's probably too hard to clean up but there were lots and lots of uh, uh like ribbony things being thrown out everywhere it was yeah. a very very fun evening <laughs> i'm i'm kind of surprised that there was no glitter like surely people were wearing glitter and she was wearing oh, glitter. oh gosh there was there was glitter on people but yeah. i was kind of expecting like a glitter gun but then i thought <laughs> mm, maybe the venue probably vetoed that <laughs> yeah yeah that can be pretty bad to breathe in too um oh yeah that that's true <laughs> i remember seeing i think it was gang youths and they like fired out kind of like a confetti cannon towards the end of their set and i think something had gone wrong with it because it was like a plasticky sort of confetti and it just kind of like splintered and everyone was kind Ooh. of breathing it in it was like in the back of people's throats oh. it was kind of real nasty um it was still an awesome Yikes. set though it was still very good oh yeah that's a memorable story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Um, I've not been to Keisha's gig, but I too go to a lot of gigs and spam lots of photos of that too. So if you're into your music, check out Stephen and I's Instagrams. That seems like the way to go. Uh, until next time, happy gaming. See you later, everybody.